This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Welcome back to the Lake Effect. I'm your host Chandler Adams. Doing another episode from the road. Sorry if the quality has not been great this episode and the last. Um, something's going on with my laptop when I plug it into the mixer. Trying to get that figured out. Yada yada yada. Anyway, we're back here, episode 22, with Isaac Young. He hasn't been on in a while, but we're going to talk the Browns today. Uh, before we get into any of that, just want to. Make sure you guys um, go on Twitter and give Browns Access a follow. Uh, you, most of you probably already have. They're just blowing up through Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm going to have an article posted Wednesday. Um, probably have another one posted soon about the defensive line. But Browns Access, go give them a follow. Make sure you're giving me a follow. Uh, I love to chat with you guys, see what you want to hear on the episodes. But, Isaac, before we start, do you have anything you want to say about the Browns and how awesome they are? No, <laughs> not really. Uh, we're we're going to touch base on it, but from you know reading, I didn't actually get to watch the game. But the opening drive for the Browns looked really good. Um, I know it got talked on first things first. <laughs> Which is pretty big, you know. Browns haven't been a talk, and now every single radio outlet, TV, they're all getting talked about. They're getting talked about as much as my team, the Patriots. I this year, I haven't heard a thing about the Patriots. Right now, it's the Browns and the Cowboys. You've you've missed the whole thing of Tom Brady and his helmet. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and if I hear is Gronk going to come back one more time, like let the dude relax. Um. With the Browns, I love the expectations around it because you have something to work for. I don't. I hate the. Oh, can they live up to expectations? And I hear this on every national sports media outlet. A rookie head coach and throwing a team together. Well, what the hell were the Bears and what the hell were the Rams? What the hell were the Eagles? That's exactly what they all were. Eagles won the Super Bowl with a rookie head coach. Yep, and they, you know, they threw in key pieces towards the end. I mean, look what the Colts did the first season with their new yeah. head coach. If this, this Browns team is eerily similar to that Eagles team, and I say that because take out Nick Foles, Carson Wentz that year could have won that Super Bowl. He was spectacular, oh, yeah. MVP that year. So you have a good young quarterback. Our running backs are better than any running back they could have ever sniffed. Absolutely. Um, wide receivers are more talented. Yeah. Offensive line, 
throughout is more talented for the Browns. They have Jason Kelsey and Jason Peters at that time were both, you know, playing at Hall of Fame levels. Jason Kelsey's probably Hall of Famer. Uh, Peters is probably Hall of Famer. Uh, the defensive line, the Eagles at that time had more proven names, but the Browns are projected to play like that. I, I think kind of touching with that, though, I think what the Eagles had and just the amount of being able to rotate guys in and out, I don't know if the Browns have that yet. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's scary to think about. To where, I mean, essentially what the Eagles did that season was had two top ten defensive lines. Yeah. With the guys that they had, because they had so many defensive linemen that could play different positions. And then with going into, like, the linebacking core and how they use special packages to blitz on and, like, how they got pressure but able to still move out and cover a running backs – which never got talked about, and I'm not just saying it because of the I'm a Patriots and they beat us in the Super Bowl that year. But how they covered the Patriots with James White and the rest of the core a lot, it was huge. And same thing with their defensive backs. That it was a really good defensive team. And I, I agree with you with shaping up to be that. It's it's a pretty pretty good comparison besides. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the defensive line and if it's going to be yeah, the same. I agree. And Fletcher Cox is probably the most underrated defensive player in the history of the game. And it's all because of Aaron Donald. If Aaron Donald's not in the picture these last five years, Fletcher Cox is known as the best defensive lineman heads down. I think J.J. Watt is still overhyped at this point in his career. Yeah, I think Von Miller's a bit overhyped. Uh, because he's smaller, so he's deteriorating faster. And it's kind of the opposite for J.J. Watt. He's so big, he's deteriorating. But right now, if I had to pick four defensive linemen, it would be Donald, Mack, Garrett, and Fletcher Cox are my best four. If I had to play a whole season with four, def- like I had to pick a defensive lineman. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. If this was a couple years ago, I would have thrown Michael Bennett into that conversation because yeah. I think he's really good. He just doesn't have a pop anymore. No, no, he doesn't. But he's what he does, he's still really good at. He's yeah, just, he and just he doesn't blitz. He he doesn't get the pre- he gets pressure on a quarterback by taking the pocket and condensing it, but actually getting sacks and being able to have like your fa- finesse moves that you need. He just doesn't have the, that anymore. The Patriots let Trey Flowers walk, sign Michael Bennett, who's better and does the same exact thing, like as you just said, collapse the pocket, but he's not going to win you a one-on-one. And they got him for cheaper, and he's more experienced, and he's better than Trey Flowers. And, yeah, I'm not trying to make this into Patriots. I'm just pointing out that five years ago, he's kind of like what you were saying with Fletcher Cox. A lot of people didn't talk about him. Because J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. And he, he was tearing people up in Seattle. Yeah. But now he's thirty. I think he's thirty-three now, and he—he's still a really good player. Like he's arguably probably still our best defensive lineman, but just so, getting pressure. Would you think talking about the Browns' preseason opener? Would do you? Would you say? Are you confident in saying that Garrett has a legitimate chance at Defensive Player of the Year with the team he has around him? You know, the offense is going to get out off the field quick for the. Browns, so they're going to be on the field a lot. Well, I, th- I think we've talked about this before. You're going to see 
uh, almost like a reinsurgence, but it's kind of hard to say that because Garrett's so young still. But it's going to be like a whole new type of Garrett this year because, the, one, the players they have, and two, the defensive scheme they're going to run. And I think... I think arguably what you're going to see this season, and I'll even go into next season, is even even through three years from now, is going to be the prime of what the Browns can get out of Garrett, and they need to surround him and keep. You know, I'm not just saying with what they have now, but keep bringing guys in to build that defensive line because the more guys that can bring pressure, the less they can double team him and. We can find out what Garrett is. You Bringing know? in Sheldon Richardson, Olivier, Olivier Vernon, just got Miles Garrett. When his contract en- ends in three years, the most expensive defensive lineman contract in the history of NFL. Absolutely. Somewhere. Hopefully for the Browns. That's a position. On defense, you pay your defensive end. You pay your cornerback. Yeah. On offense, you pay your quarterback. You pay your left tackle. And that's... It's, those are the four positions where it's like, oh, God, all right, we're paid it. Well, you, I say you pay your left tackle if you don't have a deep line where you can rotate guys in and out. Yeah. I, that's, that's the only – which is very – it's very unlikely. But, man, Chan, you're, you're starting to sound like a, a Bill Belichick. Uh, I'm just well, a realist. Lover, lover, right there. That's, well, that's his type of game. <laughs> Dorsey, Dorsey messed up and was paying every position in Kansas City, but I think you know that's how you get better as a GM. You screw up. That's how you get better at anything. I, I, I totally agree, and I think you know you can look at this season, and Patty Mahomes is going to be really good for Kansas City. But when you look at that defense, you're going to see there's going to be. It's it's going to be hurting because because oh. of the fact that they paid all you know I can't even go down the list of guys I don't know Kansas City very well but I know that there was a a lot of money that was spread out big money to guys that now you're looking back and going oh they don't even play for that team anymore they very well if the first of all if the Bengals didn't have Geno Atkins they'd for sure be the worst defense in the league <laughs> yeah. but Kansas City I would guess would be the worst defense in the league if I hear one more person say oh we brought in Frank Clark you lost D Ford in, in freaking Houston yeah and you brought in Frank Clark who has succeeded in a defensive minded system up in Seattle and we're playing against pass-heavy teams. It no, Frank Clark is not going to make that defense better. You lost. You basically subtracted two, added one. You're still negative one. Yeah. You have Chris Jones, one of the best defensive tackles, but him and Frank Clark alone can't do it. They don't have defensive backs. No, because every single time they're going to double team Jones. It's it, I don't care. Yeah. It they're they're going teams are going to look at Kansas City this year and go. Frank Clark beat us. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's just how it's going to be. There's no... The Honey Badger has been... Has not been as good as he is. The Honey Badger has not played up to his standards. No. Well, they don't have a serviceable island cornerback either. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is the Browns have Denzel Ward. The Jags have Bouye and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. You, you have Gilmore... 
The Saints have Lattimore. All right. Anyway, we need to get back on track. The important thing is that the Browns in their preseason opener looked absolutely amazing. The Baker looked super poised. The Redskins knew they were going to run the two-minute drill. The Browns still pissed in their Cheerios and scored on them. Just did a fantastic job of it. Um, Mac looked like what people wanted him. I I still have a lot of questions about him in the running game, but in the passing game, he looked exactly how I wanted him to look. Um, I mean, scoring a 97.9 on PFF is just ridiculous. I've never seen one that high. Uh, Higgins, don't give a shit that OBJ and Jarvis are there. He's making, he's doing, he's going to work his hardest to be the leading receiver on that team. Um, I don't think he will be, but that's the kind of competition you need. Dontrell, just like I said, it's a fine number two running back till Kareem Hunt gets there. He runs hard. He can receive just like Duke. Going to be fine in that category. And Ta- Sione playing middle linebacker to me is huge because the dude was an outs- that dude was an edge two years ago, an outside linebacker last year. This was his first year. This is his first time ever playing middle linebacker, and he looked poised. He didn't look nervous calling plays. And to me, that's absolutely huge. Isaac, I know you didn't watch it, but was there anything else about the preseason that like kind of stood out to you for the Browns? Well, we were talking about this before we got on air here. And uh, when Monday came around, I was listening on the way to work, first things first. And what they had talked about was they were talking about the two-minute drill the Browns ran, and the fact that it wasn't, you know, just the way he played, but one throw, the one throw to the touchdown, it was just a dagger. And I think Nick Wright had said it was, I think as he put it, a big boy throw. Uh, and all, you know, what you see with the all-timers, and he wasn't, he wasn't making no comparison to like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, or Drew Brees. He was just pointing out the fact that when you watch that throw, you're not looking at that going, oh, well, that's a, a mediocre throw. And, you know, like a Blake Bortles throw. No, that was a big boy throw. What you need to see and your quarterback in year two being able to pinpoint a pass, put it right on the money. Now, we saw it all the first year, and that's all great and good. And I think for a lot of fans, they're going to – you know, when you guys look at it, you're like, well, Baker had a great first year. Well, now they've got tape. And I'm not going to sit here and say Baker's going to fall off because I don't believe that personally. But it's going to change. The defense is going to throw different things at him, and he has to be able to do the dead accurate passes where only a handful of guys a handful of guys in the league can do. And I, I think Baker can full out do that. And you can definitely tell he, you know, he's not set in, in the off season, not working on his craft. He looks poised. And I, I like that word poised with Baker. You want a poised quarterback. You want a guy that can stand in there and do that. Yeah. He's cocky as hell. And I love it. That's you got to have swagger to play in Cleveland. Cause if you don't, you'll feel it. They'll feel it. 
They know. It's you know, Deshaun Kaiser didn't play with confidence. I felt it. I just totally want, different animal. I just want to see him score a touchdown this year. Go up to the dog pound. Have him chuck him. Do the two two beer oh. chuck like Austin. Stone cold those. That would be oh, bad. Man, I'd he would go down. He would get a statue that day. Oh, They'd put absolutely. him back on the LeBron billboard. <laughs> it'd be it'd be awesome. I, I like that. I mean, I don't know if it's because maybe we're the younger generation that kind of accepts that a little more. You know, there's uh, professionalism slash being able to have fun. You wouldn't have saw this ten years ago. There no, ain't no way. What but worlds? It's just gotta have fun. They're not robots. You you know. A lot of people, and, and I, I just, I want people to understand, like, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and even Drew Brees has been deemed as these professional guys. Do you agree? Yeah. The professional of the professionals in football. Well, let me tell you something. At two of those three, if you go watch a game, I guarantee you'll see on the sidelines or you'll see even Brady during the game. He'll do the fist bump. He'll scream. He'll holler. He'll have these guys run up. They're professional, which Baker is, but they still have fun too. And I think people, they watch Peyton Manning all these years, and all he did was the little, ugh, and that was it. And, and Peyton they, and they Manning's think, known for being a jackass. Yeah, I mean, they think that's how it is, and, and that's not how the NFL works. And that, honestly, even 10 years ago, it's not really how it worked because you still had the the Ocho Cinco's. Ray you Lewis had, was running the yeah, league. Yeah, Ray Lewis. You had. Uh, they had Ray Lewis and Ben Roethlisberger running the league there for about five years. You had, you know, go back even further. You had Randy Moss. You had Owens. Like there was guy. They, they Randy had Moss fun. was an idiot, but it was he, fun. He, you know, he he went out there. Hell, even Showtime. I mean, he was he was called Showtime for a reason. He like, can't tackle. He could never make a tackle, but he's still known as one of the best corners in history. Because and one, one, he drew you to the TV, so more people watched him. And I, that's why I don't get this. Well, you know, this cockiness of Baker, and he's a show. No, we've had this in the league for years. You just you never chose to recognize it, and if you did recognize it, it was. Well, you know, he's allowed to do that because he's not a quarterback. Well, quarterbacks can have fun, too. I just, I don't buy into that. Well, funny that you say the word buy. We're going to try our first segment. It's, I've been trying to think of names. So, Isaac, if you can think of one off the top of your mind. Or listeners, if you think of something that's a better sound, let me know. But the first segment is buy or sale. And I'm not talking S-A-L-E. I'm talking S-A-I-L because we're sailing on the lake. <laughs> oh, the lake. Here we go. Oh, so that's the best I could think of. What do you think of it? Too cheesy? You got to incorporate your name. I, I like it. I like the, the play on the words. Yeah. I'm always a sucker so, for that. buy or sale, the Browns can win 10 games, only 10 games, and make the playoffs. Buy or sale? I would say, I. It's tough. I'm trying. I'm well. I'm going through kind of. I'm. We've went over the schedule before. I'm kind of trying to go through in my hand. I have them with a buy. I have buying it, and I think it's because they can definitely make the wild card with ten wins. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In the AFC, ten one. Yeah. I. The AFC West is going to oh, be tough. Man. The AFC West. 
you know, the Chargers and the Chiefs are right there. Then you have the Steelers and the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens can win 10. I don't think the Steelers can win 10. I, I agree with you there. But. And then I think the Patriots will win just about 10. They're, they're, not, they're not built to win more than 10 because they don't start hot and they have a rough start to the season. It's, that's a tough schedule at the beginning of the season. Yes, but and then we're not AFC AFC South teams. That's just I I buy I'll, I'll go buy on that because I think if you go through your schedule, even if you split like Pittsburgh series, I I honestly believe you can win both games against Baltimore. I know their defense is going to be good, but I, I still think Taki Taki is going to be the Lamar Slayer. Yeah, I I think. Unless Lamar comes out and shows something with some type of arm, I just don't see how they win football games. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't. So do you buy that? Yeah, I, I buy it. All I, right, so we both buy that. The second one, the Indians will hold on to first place when the season ends. They're okay, so they don't have to stay in first, but they'll finish in first, I guess, at the end of the season. Buy or sale? Well, Seems how I didn't come prepared to this. What is the, what? How far ahead are they right now? Uh, half game. Ooh. Or it might be tw- no, it's half game. But I'm okay. I'm gonna say. I'll this. let you know this. Kluber is pitching rehab in AAA right now. Right. Carrasco asked the trainers if he could pitch yesterday. Oh really? Yeah, he feels great. So uh, forget about baseball. I'm truly happy that that guy is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Maybe the most philanthropy-based Indians player ever. And Nelson Cruz for the Twins is out. Buxton for the Twins is out. The Indians just brought in Puig and Reyes. Jose's hot as hell right now. I'm buying it. I don't think there's a way in hell, unless injuries occur, that they don't end in first place. Regardless, I think for sure that they'll they'll make the playoffs with the wild card. But I buy that the Indians will hold on to first place in the AL Central. I'm going to go with a sale. And the okay. reason why I say that is... The I'm Indi- just going to sail right out of your house right now. Yeah. The reason why I say that, it's, it's actually... it's I'm saying this as a positive note for the Indians. I don't think for the Indians' sake as a team, they need to be going in as hot as they are right now into the playoffs. The reason for that being is it almost it's like a baseball curse. It never works when they come in screaming hot because somehow or another they fall flat on their face. So I think and when if Kluber comes back and Carrasco comes back, I think there's going to be a little bit of a kind of rough patch will you say of where maybe they get knocked around a little bit just to kind of get you know their feet underneath them again i feel you but they would be the fourth or fifth starter right now that's how good the lineup is i i fully agree but there's still that fourth and fifth day you're gonna have to get into so i'm i think and i i think terry is smart enough to kind of know hey they're gonna they're gonna make a push to the playoffs so you might see some different things here and there with your lineup, and I, I, I hope, I hope that they don't come in, but really close wild card team for just the fact of I. So I'm not an Indians fan. I'm a diehard Reds fan, but obviously my team's not going to the playoffs. I'll just get that out there. 
That's me reality checking myself. Um, I want to see the Indians go have another deep run because that gives me something to root for. Um, and I'll be an Indians fan for the playoffs. I'm fine with that. I can live with that. But I don't. I'd like to be able to see them because there isn't really a team in the AL that I have rooting interest for besides the Indians. But you're sailing. You're sailing the fact that they'll be first in the AL Central. Yeah, I because I think there's going to be a rough patch they're going to go through. They're only like you said, a half a game ahead, unless they get. I mean, they, if they get really hot there towards the end for like a five game stretch, take it back over. That's not so bad. But if they stay hot like they are now, like they did, what year was that that they broke the record? Years ago, yeah. So, seventeen, yeah. No, yeah, two years ago. I I don't want that to happen again. I don't want them going in like that. So All that's right. why I say sailing. So these next two are just gonna have to be yes or no because our next segment's gonna take forever. <laughs> the Cavs can be a playoff sleeper. I'm sailing that all the way to freaking China. Yeah, and I, I'm here in Ohio, so I'm I don't know what the hell river I'm taking, but I'm getting over to the Pacific somehow. And I'm sailing all the way to China. Because yeah. I saw that on a tweet yesterday. And I'm not going to deny, I love this Cavs roster. And I think that they can win a lot of games. Comparatively to what they have been winning. <laughs> but here's the problem. I'm struggling not to get the Pistons in the damn playoffs when I build a 1-8 through eight seed. And the Pistons are about 100 steps above the Cavs right now. I, I Oh my god. There's no chance in hell that these Cavs make the playoffs. I love what they did in the draft. I absolutely love it. But, Isaac, riddle me this. When was the last time a young team won in the NBA? Uh, this isn't the NFL. Experience wins in the NBA. I mean, we saw, like... Richard Jefferson won the Cavs a damn championship. We, we saw... At age 70. We saw this year with... Uh, the Clippers making it to the playoffs, but the, the, our team's not even closely compared to the Clippers. No, and I love John Beeline, but he's not Doc Rivers. No. He could be in time. Yeah. He's I, a great coach. Well, I, and, and me and you have had this conversation about this team. We both agree we liked the picks. I was sold hook, line, and sinker on Beeline coming in. Like, this is the Beeline coming to the Cav, Cavaliers – it's bigger than the draft picks. Yeah. I, I will go out there and say that every day of the week. I absolutely love bringing him in as, as a coach. For the fact, we've had the conversation before, and I'll, I'll make this really quick, not to go off on a tangent. But the young talent they have to have, they need a coach that can groom young talent. That's what we're going to do. I'm with you. I'm sailing I'm I'm going down south. I'm taking the Ohio River. I'm sailing, and we're gonna see where I end up because there ain't no way. You better hope there's not. You're somehow gonna get a sailboat through all those trees and the river. Whatever, that's fine. Okay, um, the next one. I don't know if you're a Buckeye fan. Yeah, uh, you're like me. College is just kind of. Yeah, I kind of I kind of watch any team. I mean, my boy has a Michigan jersey, but I'm not Ew. like her whole fan. My so her, I'm with college football. I watch. That's like where I have two or three TVs set up. I watch everyone. I don't have special interest in Ohio State. Although, I think Chase Young has a good chance to be a top five pick this year. But quarterbacks are going to dominate this draft. Yeah, Tua's not going to be good in the NFL. Yeah, I said that. Tua won't be good in the NFL. Neither will Justin Herbert. 
Anywho. No, but Lawrence is going to be a stud. I yeah, think. he's not in this draft, though, but he's no, going to be great. No. All right. The Buckeyes will go 12-0 and during the regular season. I sail that just as hard as I did the Cavs one. Um, I think that they'll lose one. I think they'll still win against Michigan, and they'll still win the Big Ten Championship. And I think this year they will make the playoffs because I don't think there will be a team as convincing as Kyler Murray and the Sooners. I don't think that they'll lose as bad as they did to Purdue. I think that they might lose maybe, you know, Penn State. Although, wait, no, that might be at the shoe this year. I I think they'll lose one. I hope they lose one because what the odds of them going undefeated is bad. I think they'll lose one. I think it'll be close. So I think they'll get in the playoffs because Columbus people don't want to admit it, but the the playoff committee loves the Buckeyes. They love the Buckeyes. They they don't love the SEC like everyone says. The SEC just has Georgia and Alabama who are freaking superpowers. <sighs> I'm out of breath. I think the college football playoff will be Clemson 1, Bama 2, Georgia 3, Buckeyes 4. Heard it here first. So I'm I'm actually looking at the schedule right now because I'm trying to – I agree with you. I, I don't think they can go 12-0. and 0. Uh, it's no, it's at it's at Penn State this year, and at Michigan. Yeah, it's twenty twenty. Oh shit! Sorry, we're two years ahead. Good lord! Why didn't they just post twenty nineteen? I was gonna say we play Oregon. That might be a that'd be a good game. No, because this schedule is really weak this year. That's why I kind of do feel though that they could. I hate saying this because I'm with you. I don't think that they should. Oh. God, that's a weak ass schedule. Yeah, it's a really weak schedule. This We're going saving style. They okay. Um, I'm gonna redo the, mine. The only I'm, I'm buying. I think they will go 12 and 0. I don't see a loss on their schedule. I think Northwestern lost too much. Um, the, Michigan State's at home. Okay. Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin's at home. Michigan's at home. Michigan's away. And Penn State's at home. I think they go 12-0. and 0. I'm buying. And the only one that I could see is maybe Penn State. It's hard to and, find a loss on that in West In Wisconsin, but. They're both at home. That helps. Yeah. It'd be, you know what would be like a real kick in. At Indiana or at Nebraska? No, at Cincinnati. That's it. That's it. Yo, it's you. Oh, it, oh, shit. Yeah, it is. But still, if they beat us. <laughs> being a former. Former coach for Ohio State. Florida Atlantic would have been really fascinating last year. That's yeah. uh, that's the team that had Singletary, I believe, the running back in the draft. But uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Florida Atlantic where that offensive coordinator turned head coaches? I can't think of his name right now. Oh, um, Herman. it's not Herman, is it? Yeah, I think so. Todd Herman. Am I making that name up? No. Um, is it Florida Atlantic? This is terrible for for radio. Oh, but, but at least we're not right. just making shit up. I don't know if it's Fort Atlantic though. I th- yeah, Lane Kiffin. Oh yeah, that's right. Who Holy. the fuck's Todd Herman? Why did I say Todd? Yeah, Herman? He was well. He wasn't he a coach for Ohio State, and then he's building a program. Is it Houston? Check Houston. Wait, Todd Herman. Yeah, he is Houston, isn't he? Yeah, that's embarrassing. Just look up Houston's head coach. Oh, Texas. God 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is yeah. why we do a professional <laughs> sports podcast. The podcast yeah. isn't professional. We cover professional <laughs> sports amateurly. <laughs> yes. No, but, uh, yeah, Lane Kiffin, that will be an interesting week one. If the Buckeyes don't have their shit together, that'll be a better game than the, you know, the BG game they had, those types of weeks. I ones. don't. I, I still think they'll blow them out, but it will. It, they, they gotta have your shit together. I, I think Cincinnati coming in too will be kind of interesting, just for the fact that they're slowly building that team back up to what it was like four years ago. Yeah. Well, let's get that college shit out of the way. No one needs college football. Not right now. All right. This is gonna be a fun segment. I've been waiting to do one of these for a long time. The four Browns players on each side of the ball that Isaac and I both think you need to prioritize signing and building around to take into this money, position, um, that's basically it. Talent, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, my list, in order, is Baker. Baker is your top priority to build around. Joel Batonio is number two. I say this. Oh, don't pay a left guard. Oh, don't sign a guard long term. Two things. In today's NFL, it's almost switching up to be where guards and tackles are going to be more interchangeable. It's not like back in the day. Secondly, Joel Batonio can play left tackle, and I think I full-heartedly believe if Joel Latonio went out to left tackle, he'd be a top-eight left tackle. We've seen him do it. Um, but Joel Latonio is my number two because leadership, he's one of the best guards in the league. He's the most underrated guard in the league by far. Um, PFF has him as a top-five guard in all football, left or right. Um, so you got to sign him back. you got to build around him. My third one is David Njoku. Two reasons. He's a physical freak. Um, you know, he's kind of comparatively to Travis Kelsey. He's fast in the open field. He's quick. He's taller than people. He can now jump people. Here's the kicker. Njoku's way more athletic than Kelsey, but much worse hands, much less refined route runner, but he's 22, 23, and statistically – Tight end takes the longest to build up to be where your potential is. It's five years is where um, they start coming into their peak, which is the longest of any position in football, which is kind of, you know, shows you where Ninjoku can be. So you don't want to keep restarting with tight ends. You want to keep your tight end and build around them. Jason Winton, Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gonkowski, Jimmy Graham there for a stretch. The list goes on and on. And number four, this is going to shock you all, Brian Forbes. Project X, fifth round draft, sixth round draft pick. I think he can play left tackle, left guard, right guard, right tackle. I think you're not going to find a lineman his size with his athleticism very often. You're not going to find someone who works as hard as him. And three, I think he's just going to be a damn beast. And he's young. Six-round pick, probably won't see the field this year. He's going to be cheap. Those are my four I build around, and I know I might get flack for not putting Chubb in there, 
I don't like paying a running back their second contract. It never works. Well, might get flack for not putting OBJ, Jarvis, or Richard Higgins in there. I hate giving credit to the damn Patriots. But when was the last time they played a, paid a receiver huge bucks? They just bring in guys. Tom Brady elevates them. You have to hope Baker can elevate players. That's why you bring in and pay a quarterback to elevate your receivers. You don't bring in a receiver to elevate your quarterbacks, Jerry Jones. Don't pay that to money. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't pay Zeke. Your quarterback elevates your receivers. Your receiver shouldn't elevate your quarterback. In a rare situation, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, an older quarterback might largely benefit from a receiver like Michael Thomas, but that's not an all-around instinct. Baker's young. I don't pay receivers. So, on offense, I have Batonio, Forbes, Baker, and Njoku because I think you can get a running back in any round that can play behind Baker. I think you can get wide receivers that Baker will make. Good. Rashard Higgins is the biggest example. He made a guy that didn't no one had ever heard of into now he's Hollywood and his end zone dances are everywhere. Well, his end zone walk. But, Isaac, if you want to talk about yours. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I have, uh, on mine I have Baker. Obviously, we've touched base on this before. I'm pro Baker, I think. With what this team has right now, offensive-wise, and what they can keep building with, he's a guy that, as long as you can keep people around him and be able to understand that as he grows, I, I think for the Browns, as he grows and elevates his talent, he's going to just soar. And if you can keep putting players around him, you can be good for a long time. And I know Browns fans, it's scary to think, you know, a team lasting more than a season of being good, but it, it, it can happen. Uh, Chandler had talked about how he would not build around Chubb. I think I have Chubb on my list. I believe this is how I look at it. Now, when you start talking money-wise, I think as the Browns organization, I think the front office is smart enough, and this is why I put Chubb on this list to go, okay, we'll pay you X amount of money, which will be probably in middle of the road, maybe a little bit higher of what running backs are getting. The running back market, as you saw, if you paid attention to anything with the Zeke Elliott whole ordeal going on right now, he wants Todd Gurley money or better. Obviously, they're not going to pay him that. They don't want to pay him that. Maybe they will because Jerry Jones doesn't know what he's doing. But I think the Browns are going to look at all of the whole mess that's going on right now and be like, Chubb, listen, if you want to be with this team, with us building, and go on and have a really good career, and have a really good team to build with, I think, you know, a little bit of both kind of going back and forth to get somewhere. I, I think he's a piece that you could build around for a long time. I like his body size. I like how he runs in the open field, but also th that he can get into the, 
you know, play dirty, well, play dirty is not the way, the right words to use there, but kind of get into the offensive line, run up the middle. He's, he's a pro gritty. Yeah. Gritty. Yeah. Grind that's it what, out. Yeah, yeah. Grind it out. He, and he has the body size to be able to do that. He's not too big, but he's not too small. He's actually a guy that I look at and watch a lot. Sony Michelle type. They're, they're very comparable though. I think Chubb has better breakaway speed than what Sony does. But, uh, Njoku, here's my take on him. I want to kind of piggyback on what Chandler said because he is was 100% right on everything he said with Njoku. Here's what I feel about him, and this might be a really, really strong take. Take what Travis Kelsey is doing right now and watch over the next three years with Njoku. Because I think you can have a tight end that is as good as Travis Kelsey or better. If Njoku can figure out his hands, because he has monstrous hands, and figure, I mean, he's got, you know, kind of refined the route running aspect of it. His breakaway speed and what he can do in open field is phenomenal. And I think, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong... Wasn't Njoku only like a two- or three-year player when he came on to the Browns? Yeah, he was uh, 20 when he was drafted. Yeah, and he hadn't played very much football before he went to college, right? Right. I think he started in 20. So, he is still, he he still to this day is. Those are Dorsey's favorite players. There's, I mean, all of our bad, all of our tight ends are basically post players, which is what the tight end position is meant to be. Yeah, Exactly. So I, I like guys like that, that you see so much growth over a small amount of time to be able to still keep growing. Because you, you saw progress every single year he's been in the league. It's not like he's peaked and then falling back off. No, he still grew, excuse me growing, and he keeps getting better. And I, I think there's so much upside, even more than what he's already done. My last guy on this list is J.C. Treader. I feel what he has brought to the offensive line for the Browns, his talking like Chubb, gritty type of player, a guy who just he's going to go out there every single day, work his butt off, and no matter what happens, he's always going to be there for the team. Um, you know, he played on that high ankle. What was that high ankle sprain yeah. all, all season long? Like, no, oh, it's the one that uh, Andrew Luck has sat out the entire training camp for. Yeah. So, for for me, it's just that those are guys that you can't just replace. Like you can't go out tomorrow and get a guy that that plays like that. No, you can't. And I I, I hate that I couldn't put J C Treader on there. Anyone that know everyone knows I'm completely with you 100. percent I'll never argue J.C. Treader getting paid. I'd pay him $20 million a year if they would, but I, I just don't think Dorsey will for some reason. I, I feel like with with that type of guy, he you, you're not going to get the type of production you get from him and the grittiness out of... And his IQ. Yeah. Center, yeah. Your center needs to be not in, you know, not day-to-day life. And football needs to be the smartest guy on the field other than the quarterback yeah. because he is the one calling out the, you know, who's going to blitz, what the protection needs to change to. I mean, J.C. Treader 
improved Baker Mayfield's rookie year tenfold. And I think that's why he didn't sit. He's like, oh, I got a high ankle sprain, but if I go down, Baker's effed. Who's gonna Who's gonna protect him? Right. And I, I think, kind of going on that, you're talking when when you're talking J.C. Treader, you're talking top five in the league. And I, I don't, I'm not just throwing it out there. Go go look at what he does. <laughs> top five in the league. Centers, you can't just make make a center. I mean, it's a hard position. It, it's. You think about the big boys in the middle coming up the field, and you know center's got to be able to understand as they snap the ball, being able to block one of those guys. Plus, before that, everything that goes in to being able to get your guys in line with the quarterback, be able to communicate, the snap right. I mean, there's just so much in a small window of time that has to happen. And in a you know, just our division. Cameron Hayward, Geno Atkins, Brendan Williams. Those are three elite in the league right now defensive tackles that J.C. Treader has to deal with. Not to mention, Brendan Williams weighs about 7,000 pounds, and J.C. Treader played a high ankle sprain against him. Like, But do you have anything else to add about your offensive guys? No, I I think I think I was pretty pretty well. I I agree with you on all of them except for Chubb. I just don't pay my second guy. I I don't pay my running back the second contract. I love Chubb to death, and if they pay him, I'm not going to complain about it. I just wouldn't do it. Well, and that's what like like I said when I when I made that statement. I don't think for Chubb's sake. I think he'll be able. I hope he'll be able smart enough to understand the money that you would invest in him isn't going to be a top five. Money that, that and I guess that's what I added. I need need to emphasize on with having him on this list. I feel he's going to be able to be smart enough. I'm not saying to take a pay cut. Just understand he's not going not to get big time money because a market doesn't really deem that and being able to get good money for a running back to stay because he sees what's around him. If that I mean if that makes any sense. Yeah, you know? I get it. I I can't pay. I'm with Chandler. I can't. I cannot sit here and make a list up and have a wide receiver on it as to build around because I watch it every single year. No name guys come onto the field, not just the Patriots, but all over the league. You never heard of this guy, and then, boom, he's a star. Take for example a guy that I know everybody that probably listens to this podcast knows, Adam Thielen. Tell me if you ever heard of him coming through. Any college team, anything like that. Did you? Nope. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I watched it. Dude, I scouted him when he was in high school, man. I said he would be this good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I just can't find the notes on him. I don't know where they went. Another another guy that probably nobody had heard of, he was a, he was a third-string wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. We're going to go a little back a little bit. Wes Welker. Tell me, you ever heard of him? Nah. I've heard of him. He played for the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But you never heard of him beforehand. Before yeah. he played for the plate shirts, had anybody heard of him? And we could go on all day. That's why I'm not a big believer in paying your wide receiver. I My best friend is a New York Giants fan, and when the Giants paid Odell, I texted him and said, dumbest move ever. And he went off on me on it. See, I don't think it was the dumbest move ever. Someone like Odell Beckham Jr. is a lifetime talent. Nick Chubb's not a lifetime talent. His running backs come so often. 
I agree to that to a certain extent. He, yes, he is a lifetime talent, but you take him away from that offense. We saw what they did last year. Is he needed? No. Is he a great complimentary piece? Yes, absolutely. But is he needed in that offense? No, no, he's not. In the Browns' offense this year, is Odell needed? No. Yes, he is. What? Why? You you just made the case for Higgins. You already have Jarvis Landry. You have Njoku. You have two running – well, actually, technically three running backs. Here's why he's needed. Like I said, a good quarterback will elevate his receivers to good, great, good to great status. Correct. That's fine and dandy. But when it comes to the end of the day, Baker Mayfield's still not an elite quarterback. Baker Mayfield's a sophomore quarterback. Baker Mayfield, without adjusted completion percentage, only threw 63%. He he pitched, he threw 70% with adjusted completion percentage because they couldn't catch the damn ball last year. Jarvis Landry is a very talented slot receiver. He's a terrible number one go-to guy. If you... If your expectations, which they are this year, are to go to the Super Bowl, you need a receiver like Odell Beckham Jr. because Baker Mayfield isn't Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady yet. Well, I'm He's just not, and Odell Beckham will raise him there until he gets to that level. Their primes are going to coincide, which we haven't even seen Odell at close to his best, and this is the most talented receiver Baker's ever had by... 10,000%. These two are going to go off. I think they'll both have MVP caliber years. I think that they're both going to be top of, you know, fantasy, stats, like everything. They're going to blow everything out of the water. Baker's going to have far fewer interceptions because a handful of his interceptions last year, like four or five, bounced off of receivers. We saw it last year. Baker replaced Tyrod Taylor in that Jets game. Baker threw that first pass to Jarvis. He caught it. But later in that game, Baker threw one right through Jarvis's hands, bounced right off his numbers because Baker puts zip on the ball. You know, this year, with Odell being there, Njoku getting better, Jarvis is going to get pushed farther with Odell being there. Like, I think Odell is necessary for this Browns offense this year. Now, come back to me in three years when Odell has no more guaranteed money. He's getting paid $19 million, and <laughs> Baker's 27, and, you know, him and Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray are running the league. Then I'll say Odell's not needed. I guess, like, for me, two things here, and then and then we'll move to the defensive side. Felt good to get that out. One, my expectations for the Browns aren't to go to the Super Bowl. Sorry, it's just it, – that's just not, not my expectations. I'm sorry, but – I'm not saying what your expectations are, but the Browns should have that expectation. This is when you win. And well, like we said, the Rams have done it. The Bears got – they were field goal away I, from I, being in the championship. I game. agree to that, but I guess how I look at at things is the fact that with this being his Baker's sophomore year, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I believe he's just going to have this downfall. But there there could be some things with that, and I I don't I don't know. I just don't. I guess I don't see. I don't think they're ready yet. For a Super Bowl, and there's a lot that goes into that, and we can maybe discuss that at a later date, maybe midway through the season, kind of seeing how this whole team plays out, because there's regular season football and there's playoff football, and then there's championship for 
your title for the AFC and NFC football than their Super Bowl football. And I think they can play playoff football. Do I think they can play AFC championship football or Super Bowl football? I don't know yet. And we'll have to see the season to figure that out. They can. The other thing is, with that, they can. Talking about watching teams bring in people, bringing in wide receivers. I watched a team have two wide receivers that I feel are really good talent. One, not anywhere close to the other, but having one, Randy Moss, leave the team, and the team went 11-5 and the next year from an undefeated season. Now, granted, that team had was Tom Brady West, so I think to add Tom Brady to the team, they probably win two more games. So, 13-3 and three season. And the offense, yes, did they miss Randy? Absolutely. He's a generational talent. But did they still figure find and figure out ways to win? Absolutely. And I think if you actually look, I'd have to I'd have to pull it up, but I believe the points per game didn't change very much. And the other person was Brandon Cooks and they never missed a beat. Here's the difference. Brandon Cooks is a better number one receiver than Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry's an excellent slot receiver and an excellent number two. But, but he just doesn't have the speed or the speed or the quickness to be a number one. And secondly, but, but, that NFC that AFC East was absolutely awful when Randy the year Randy Moss left and they were Tom Brady list. AFC East, first of all, sorry, I know you're a Patriots fan. They're the worst division in football, which I'm not taking away anything from the Patriots. They still win the Super Bowl, so it doesn't matter what their division's like. But I'm saying their regular season wins and losses have always been a little bit more padded because two wins versus the Jets, two versus the Bills, two versus the Dolphins. The Dolphins have gave them trouble late. but yeah. So I think had the AFC East not been that awful, they maybe go 9-10 wins. And, and then that year, that was actually in the midst of the Jets being really good with the Mark Sanchez. Old well, but I, yeah, I agree. With really that. good. I'm, I mean, they made it to an AFC championship. That defense, that defense was nothing to scoff. The Jaguars about. made it to the AFC championship last year. Were they and really good this year? Well, that happens. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we can't argue about this. Yeah. We got to move on. I one last. Oh point. my dear God. You were you were comparing the Brandon Cooks thing. I was saying after Brandon Cooks left, they were never mess a beat. You needed to compare Julian Edelman and Jarvis Landry. That was he became our number one then. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. You know. But, I mean? Yeah, but also Julian had Tom Brady in his prime because yeah. his uh, primes lasted 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And we have Baker Mayfield, who is great, but still very young. Yeah. All right. These are our top four on defense. Um, we're not going to debate these. We're just going to list them because I want to get to these top four quarterbacks that we would build around. So mine are Miles Garrett, pay the damn man. Larry Ogunjobi, pay the damn man. Denzel Ward, pay the damn man. Greedy Williams, you're going to want to pay him. Those are your four you're going to want to build around. I love Joe Schobert. I hey, kind of like Demarius Randall on the field. But cornerbacks, 
and then building a defensive line is much more important in my eyes. Uh, so with mine, I got Garrett. I'm the same way. Uh, Ward, you, I think you have to pay him. I think what what he brings lockdown. Uh, Schobert, absolutely positively, he's a linebacker that you're just not gonna find in the league. Oh, that's that's Larry. Ogunjobi. Oh, yeah. Thank you. After that. Uh, he's gonna. He's an absolute stud. He's gonna play really well. I would have said I. I might say greedy and let's say ten weeks, depending upon how he plays. I. I'm a big, big believer, and if you have a lockdown corner, or two lockdown corners, you keep them, um, because a quarterback. Even the great Tom Brady can throw to a wide receiver all day, but if he can't get the ball into his hands, there's a problem. You know, there's only so much you can do. So, I, I believe with both of those guys, you can have something there, but definitely Ward Denzel is a stud. All right, this is my most anticipated one, I'd say, in a while. It's gonna be our top four QBs that we'd build around. Their situation right now is included. Their money is included. Obviously, their talent. Injuries in the past. So, basically, if you pick Andrew Luck, you'd have to say, okay, well, he's had the shoulder ending. He's had the season-ending shoulder injury. Right now, he has a high ankle sprain. Um, he doesn't. He has T.Y. Hilton. That's it. Like, that, that stuff's going to take into effect. So, my four, I'll list my four. I'll give my explanation. I'll let you rebuttal it. Then we'll flip flop. This can't okay. take too long, but we're gonna get this done. It's gonna have to take about ten minutes. Alright. Number one, Baker Mayfield. Best situation of any young quarterback in the league. You have a coach that you're super comfortable with. You have Todd Munkin, who has just kind of been forgotten about. Um He and Freddie Kitchens, Todd Munkin and Freddie Kitchens, will make a perfect game plan, I believe, for Baker week in, week out. You might have a few ups and downs that happens. For God's sake, you know, the best teams in the league lose to the worst sometimes. It's just how it goes. But, Baker Mayfield, you have Odell Beckham Jr., you have Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, Richard Higgins, Antonio Callaway, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, a great offensive line, a freaking great defense, which does help a quarterback out. Um, Baker Mayfield is the top and he's getting paid his rookie salary it's still 10 million a year but it's rookie salary so Baker Mayfield is my top quarterback I'd build around second Patrick Mahomes not super questionable there Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill somehow huh. Sammy Watkins if he can ever play McCo Hardman's quicker than shit um You've still got Mitchell Schwartz and an offensive line around him. Um, only problem he's not number one is because he has a terrible defense and a not-so-good offensive line. They lost their center, which is not being talked about. Um, Tyreek Hill is, at this point, just a walking, freaking Mike Tyson. <laughs> and But he does have Andy Reid. He does have Travis Kelsey. He'll do just fine. He's talented as hell. Um, he won't be as good as he was last year. And people will say, is he going, does this mean he's bad? No, 
people don't pass 50 touchdowns, that doesn't happen. Brady really got it wrong. Yeah. So, Patrick is second because of his defense, which, if you know football, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, kind of touching on mine. My, hey, I'm not done. Well, it's a, you want it 10 minutes. Or well, I'll say we'll go a little over 10 minutes, but not that much over. Three, Russell Wilson. Get, dude gets paid a boatload of money. Maybe the most underrated quarterback in the NFL right now. I have him as one of this is going to ruffle a lot of feathers. Top 20 all-time quarterbacks ever already. Um, the outside, Him and Baker are the both, both the most efficient deep ball passers. Uh, they got him a burner in DK Metcalf. Pete Carroll's a great coach. Got a great running game, but a terrible offensive line and a not-so-great defense. That's why they're, he's third. Fourth, Kyler Mother-Lovin' Murray. Where's the boo button at? Wait, Kyler Murray. He's quick. He's lightning fast. He's just, his agility is outrageous. I don't think he's going to get hit as hard as people think. He's got a rocket of an arm. And I like Cliff Kingsbury as a quarterback coach. Very good. And they went in the draft and got wide receivers. Can I can I have my rebuttal on yes, this? Yes, you can. So, here's my take on this. You're right. I can't put him in my top four till I watch him play a regular season football game. Can we? Can we? Can we just back it up just a tad bit? Can we? You want me to put him in number one? Because I'll do it. Can, can we just pull back a little bit? You ain't going to put him at number one. Don't even lie to me. I might take him as my top quarterback in fantasy. Oh, God, no. I I just I can't be sold on him until I, I watch him play. Because the speed, even of a preseason game to a regular season game, is different. He's getting to see vanilla defenses right now. I, I don't ever buy into a player until I get to see him play the regular season. So until then, I can't put him in my top five or top four. Sorry, we only did four. Mm-hmm. So you want me to go into mine then? So I have the same number one as Chandler. I have Baker. I think the situation's perfect. I think he has a front office that understands his play, what they need to do to keep him going. I don't think there really needs to be anything more said than that. I think right now the position that he's in, they can build long-term and go with my number two, I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me on, but hear me out. I he will got, not hear you out. He got paid a lot of money. I understand that. But I love who his head coach is and who he is as a player because I got to watch him firsthand, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this dude has so much talent. If they can put an offensive line in front of him, in the next couple of years, keep him healthy enough. He has so much of an upside. I believe that Kyle Shanahan understands what he needs to do to keep him upright and keep him throwing to talented players because right now their talent on offense isn't that great, but Kyle has made a lot out of nothing to be able to do what they've been, been able to do so far along in his career. I just, maybe because he's a former Patriots guy and I thought that he was the next 
coming of like Tom Brady that I bought into him. I just, I don't, I'm sold on him. And I know it was only a couple of games we got to see. It was like five games for San Francisco and it was three, or no, two and a half, sorry, for the Patriots. It just, there's something about him. I don't know. I, I, I'm sold. I, I've cashed in all my chips on him. I'm sailing him. My next one is Patty. I would like, like Chandler said, I'd have him higher up, but I just, I don't trust their defense. I don't think it's, it's going to improve any. I actually think they're going to have probably a two or three year window where they're in decline at defense, and Patty's going to have to make a whole lot of big time plays to keep them in games, which I don't think he's going to argue on at all. He's a good player. Um. But is it going to be enough for them to be able to stay in contention? Yeah, they'll probably hang around, but I don't think they'll do anything past, you know, making it to the playoffs every year. I just, you have to have a defense in this league, and they're not going to have it. My number four is the Jets quarterback. Here's the take on this. What's his name? Darnold. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I believe you sound like Colin Cowherd. Uh, well, he uh, kind of where I've kind of listened to him, watched him, saw some stuff he's done. Patriots play him two times a year, as you guys all know. I am a Patriots fan. Uh, I believe there's a lot of talent there. I also believe a lot of people have forgotten or not really looked at Darnold as much for the fact that he plays on the New York Jets, and they suck. They have no talent on offense right now. Absolutely, positively none. So he is trying to hang in the pocket, make these plays to people who arguably would probably on most good teams their number one wide receiver would probably be the third or fourth best option. I mean, there just there isn't a whole lot there. Now their defense is going to keep getting better, and I hope they kind of try to progress both of those along. I'd like to see at the end of Brady's career a team in our division that can give him a taste of his own medicine, a team that can play toe to toe with us, so I can stop hearing all these people go, "Well, your division's crap." Well, yeah, it is. I understand that. That's not the Patriots' fault. We can't go and go into their front office and be like, no, don't park, pick this guy, pick this, so they can beat us twice a year. No, absolutely not. So that's just my my take on him. I, Jimmy and Darnold are probably two guys that I'm a lot higher on than most people, but I think it's because of the talent they have there. And since we're looking toward the towards the future, what they can be, not right now, but in the future, they have the talent to be a top quarterback. Top 10, 15. I don't really disagree with you. I just, I don't think Jimmy G, I think we've seen him at his best. And I don't think it's going to get any better than it is. And Darnold, there's just something about him that I don't trust him one bit. Every time he throws the ball, I think, I don't know. I, I think with Jimmy G, I don't think you saw the best of what he can be. I think you have got a glimpse of it, but I think there's a lot left in that tank. He, yeah, I, 
I could be a Jimmy G homer for sure. I, I, I've been sold on him. I think he's really good. 30-27. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm not huge on well, him. you got to think, though, Jimmy sat behind Brady, I think, for four years. So he doesn't really have a whole lot on his body. Oh, except for a torn ACL. Well, he did. Yeah, he tore his ACL last year. I, I agree with that. But even the injury that he had against the Patriots, or when he played for the Patriots, was a thumb injury. And it wasn't, I don't even think it was a broken thumb. I think it was just... He stubbed it or, or something along the lines of that. So he hasn't had a lot of major things going in his career. He could be one of those guys that you see play that didn't – like a Steve Young type of deal where he didn't get into later, but he had a really good maybe five-year span, you know, and that's that's what I'm looking at with him. Well, I don't agree with you, but I you made your case enough or I won't boo you again. <laughs> um. Do you have anything else you want to add into it? Uh, I just, I guess for me, just pay attention to your, pay attention to your preseason games. Watch the guys that you don't know that are making some big highlight plays, because those guys might be somebody that sneaks onto your roster that you know you never heard of, and late in the season when a player goes down, they get in. And you're like, oh man, I watched that guy in the preseason. I know what he's, you know, capable of doing. But it seems like, you know, the Browns are kind of bowing towards that Patriot S football bowing the franchise, and that's what my team is known for doing, having guys that you don't ever hear of coming up with maybe it's only one or two big plays a year, but have, being able to have that. And I think I think you might see that this year with the Browns. You're gonna have a nobody that comes out and you know, in a week eight and you're like, Whoa, this guy just caught, dude, this guy just caught a touchdown. Or this guy ran for a touchdown, and he was on the practice squad the last week, you know, the yeah. week before. So that that's how you do it, man. You get a lot of talent, and you just you just build with it. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I think that's all I have to add. So thank you guys for listening, and make sure you go follow Browns Access on Twitter and keep up to date with all the great articles that are getting put out there.